Hey everyone, welcome back to Love Essie, the podcast. This is episode 24, and this week it's Wolf Rain, which is the last book in the Psy Changeling Trinity series before Alpha Night, which comes out June 9th, which when you're listening to this will be, you know, tomorrow. So that's right, guys, we're going to be delving into Wolf Rain in preparation for Alpha Night. I was lucky enough to be able to get an advanced reader copy of Alpha Night and it blew away. It always is better than I could have even imagined. Um, So come June 9th, I hope you guys are able to read Alpha Night and also be blown away by how good it is. Um, Briefly before I delve into the zibuk uh, with our lovely couple. Real life has been a lot and it is easy to fall into patterns of sadness, despair. We're all dealing with trauma and grief on various levels. We're dealing with it on a personal level. We're, We're dealing with it on a sort of community level and even a global level and I just want to say that continue to enjoy reading romance continue to enjoy being a part of this community it is vitally important that you take the time to do the things that you love that means that you can you know take a moment away from the never-ending news cycle to enjoy the things that you love. Be open to finding more books that you love, right? My to-be-read pile, mountain, literal, I don't know what to call it, is enormous. It feels like it is exploding. Um, I'm constantly finding recommendations for Black authors that are new to me or books from Black authors that I know that I haven't yet read because, you know, a lot of authors have very deep backlists and it's like, whoa, I'm really excited to get into this and wow, I really love this author and now I've got like 72 books that has in my TBR. Yeah, 72 on top of the other like 11, you know, thousand, but it's okay. I think I said, I, I think I may have quoted someone who said something on Twitter about like, all of these books means that the afterlife is going to be lit. (laughs) Like literature, no. Anyway, um, read romance. Read black romance. Um, And by read black romance, I literally mean find black romance authors and read their books. And give yourself just more options, right? I mean, I know we got to do things like work and feed ourselves. And if you got kids, you got to feed the kids. And, you know, there are there are real life responsibilities. But outside of that, take the time to read and to enjoy. Um, because by taking those moments to find joy and laughter in your everyday life, you will be that much stronger for the ongoing, ongoing sort of battle or whatever you want to call it. Because we're at a moment in time where we can really, really change certain things. But to do so, the pressure will need to continue. As Nipsey Hussle said, the marathon will need to continue. And so prepare yourself for a marathon, not for a sprint, and take that time to read the books that you love, to open up your reading lists to new authors and understand that in doing so, you know, taking those moments, you are benefiting yourself and, you know, sort of the movement as a whole because burning yourself out and dying too soon because of the stress don't help nobody it does not help anybody um so definitely keep that in mind all right so wolf rain 
before the spoilers because you know there'll be a pause and then you know i will be like and it's spoil time but right now it's wolf rain with no spoilers um now wolf rain right is a in this book we go back to snow dancer right the other two books in the trinity arc we have not been in snow dancer right in silver silence we met stonewater and we were in moscow in ocean light we were on one of black sea's research stations so in this book we go back to snow dancer because our two main characters are memory avin rose who is a psi and she is a she's an empath but she is an empath we have not yet seen she is actually a sub designation um that has not no one has encountered before and the other main character alexei vasily of heart is a snow dancer lieutenant now alexei is first mentioned in or we first meet him in play of passion which is um drew and indigo's book and he is the lieutenant who like was dealing with a ton of dominance battles from other wolves near the satellite den that he um works out of and then like later comes to light that like those wolves like didn't have i think their alpha high dad and like the dominants were trying to keep everything together but that's not how that works anyway so we've previously met him but by the time we meet him in this book other circumstances in his life have changed memory of course she's not anyone we've ever met before and not only she's not anyone we've met before unlike the other empaths that we have met from sasha to ivy jane to uh jaya she is completely different from them and reading this book having already read alpha knight and then having read the entire series up until now um i think it's really interesting that we meet her at this point I also wonder if the reason why she is the kind of empath that she is is because the Psynet knew that it would need these kinds of empaths. So we've got these two characters. At this point in the series, right, Snow Dancer is no longer the wolf pack that, you know, hates Psy indiscriminately and is like, all Psy must burn and die. Obviously not, because not only are the Lorens a part of Snow Dancer, but Hawk, their alpha, is mated to Sienna, who is Esai. So, in this case, Memory isn't dealing with a wolf pack that is completely antagonistic to Sai and having to deal with all that. Instead, she's coming into a pack that has Sai pack members as understands that you know things are going to be a bit different for her and is isn't you know she does that's not a barrier she has to deal with which i think was really interesting to see us going back to snow dancer at this moment in time at the or this what <sighs> the words i guess it's like we get to see snow dancers i guess growth in terms of how they react um as opposed to what it might have looked like had this happened pre the lawrence joining or pre you know everything that they've been through up until that point um what's also really interesting in this book right because at this point this is book three technically of this sort of second arc in some ways it this doesn't feel connected to the first two books because it kind of is like oh well we're meeting memory and we're talking about certain other things but in i think it's really interesting like i wrote it down and um all of these, the first three books, all have a changeling with an, another person, right? Book one is a changeling with a side. Book two is a changeling with a human. Book three is a changeling with a side. And book four, Alpha Knight, is going to be a changeling with a side. So I, a part of me is like, okay, what, 
what is Nalini Singh trying to tell us by having so many of these pairings be changeling and something, right? Now, part of it also is that I think... I don't think that memory, her character, would have made sense with a different changeling. I don't know that she would have worked as well with a changeling from Dark River, like a leopard, or someone from Stonewater, or someone from Black Edge, or, you know, someone from Windhaven. It feels, reading this again, her and Alexei fit in ways that I think wouldn't have worked with a different changeling. And that has a lot to do with what Alexei is going through through when we meet him um, in the book. Because, like I mentioned earlier, his circumstances have somewhat changed. So, one of the other things that um, I also really appreciated about this book There is a moment, there is a scene that is very similar to a scene from, is it Bonds of Memory? I believe, now I'm like, no, that's not the book. Um, It's Devin Katya's book, which I'm, of course, blanking on the title because, yeah. Um, but something that happened way back then, and that book was like quite a while ago, I think that was book seven or was that book eight? No, it was book seven. No, sorry. Blaze of memory. I think, did I say bonds of memory? It's because it's blaze of memory and then bonds of justice. So my brain was like bonds of memory, blaze memory. So there's something that happens in blaze of memory. Which, when it happened, I was like, oh my god. And Wolf Rain happens, right? The book. And something similar again happens. And so, immediately when I reread it now, I was like, okay. This is fascinating. Um, And I think it's because Nalini is constantly giving us information in one book that will be vital for future books. But of course, I suck at, you know, you know, all of them, Easter eggs and all that. I'm bad at that. And so I was just like, oh, oh, oh. Um, and I really appreciate that as a reader. You're probably like, why are you bringing this up? I really appreciate that as a reader, especially when I'm reading a series, because it feels, A, I'm thinking, okay, I know that this author has put in so much work and so much attention to detail and thank you so much for that and it makes me then think of like oh you know what else have we seen in this world that we haven't quite yet realized and when will that sort of come out like when will that easter egg or surprise or whatever it is pop up and so I was like, ooh, okay, all right. And then, okay, and then this is probably a weird connection for y'all. But in this book, right, like I said, we've got a Sai and a wolf. And they are, I feel like their courtship happens really fast. But again, I think it makes so much sense for the kind of individuals that they are. Um, Memory and Alexei or as he's called, Sexy Lexi, are two characters who go, when we start the book, do not imagine a future with a committed partner, a me. They, I, both of them, that's a dream, that's, it's not a possibility. And so... I'm always fascinated when I'm reading romance and the characters aren't... Because we read romance where there are characters that are actively searching for love or affection or a partner. 
I'm always interested in the romance where both characters do not believe that love will ever happen for them or may understand the concept of love, may not understand the concept of love, but don't ever believe that it exists for them for whatever reason um, or are willing to or think that they're willing to just live their entire lives without it. Um, because I think seeing the path that two people who think that this can never be or just never dreamed of what this could look like, seeing them go down that path, I think is so, so beautiful. Um, and again, it's very different from when you've got characters who like imagined a partner or love and are like and maybe it's like oh the person that they imagined ended up not being the right one or they never thought that it would work with this person but it did um i do think it's very different when both characters are like "Mm, yeah that's not for me because i can't or no one will ever love me and then realizing um how much they mean to each other and the depths that they're willing to go for the other um i was like oh yes i do like this and i don't know if that's like a specific trope hmm i'll look that up but i don't know but i was just like hmm okay i really hmm yes i like this i like this very much so i really wolfrain was like when i read it i was like (laughs) when i read it last year because it literally came out last year wow time flies um i loved it and i thought it was so well done this book also touches on what a changeling rogue really is because we've heard the term before right it has been spoken of this is something that all changeling packs have to deal with um specifically predatory changeling packs and so we know of the fact that different that a changeling can go rogue but we don't really know what that looks like and we find out in this book this book i think really gives you sort of the detail and the information um and again part of it i think is to remind us that just because you're a changeling doesn't mean you're great that just that it isn't just the sigh and the human who have to deal with certain issues that just cannot be quote-unquote fixed or do not yet have a solution to said problem that the changelings also have you know this thing that happens that affects them that has not been solved and may never be solved because in life you everything won't be perfect right because people have flaws and nothing is perfect because it's not a utopia and so this book gives us that insight and also made me briefly wonder because i wonder if well i was like i wonder if like a homeboy from ocean light is a rogue but he's not because to be rogue is to fall to essentially stop being your human side and just be your animal side and everything that and no kj wasn't okay never mind that was a that was not a good thought it was a thought it wasn't the greatest it wasn't the best but you know it happened but yes i i really really enjoyed this book okay i'm gonna pause here I'm going to come back and it's going to be spoilers because what do I do best but a spoiler? Yes, okay, I will speak to you very, 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 very soon. All right, it's time for Wolf Rain, but with spoilers. Okay, so if you're like, Esther, I haven't read Wolf Rain yet and I'm not really ready for it to be spoiled. You should probably skip this part.
just saying just saying um if you don't care about spoilers or you've already if you've already read wolf rain then come on sit down sip some of your drink if you don't have a drink i don't know get some snacks whatever make yourself comfortable as i talk about wolf rain okay so as i mentioned in the first portion we've got our two main characters one is a sigh one is a wolf memory avon rose is a sigh she is an empath but guys she is a new type of empath she is a sub she has a subject wow i can't say the word sub designation and she is called an e sigma now i haven't looked up what sigma means so there may be more to that but anyway memory unlike the other empaths is clearly able to work with really really psychotic people and potentially with emotion change or maybe not change dilute their level of psychosis okay um so like other you know how empaths it's like rainbows everywhere but her rainbows are like in black sort of like an oil slick right when you see the rainbow but within the the darkness think of like a rainbow but like on an iphone in dark mode Mm, see what i'm getting at so she is a brand new sort of sub-designation and because all information about empaths was destroyed was obliterated even if that information had been common knowledge pre-silence how are we gonna find out about it now so we've got um this like woman who is a completely different kind of empath now she was kidnapped at age eight by a psychopath who basically had stalked her mother and was just planning on killing her mother because he's a serial killer then he realized he so for him when he touched with physical touch when he touched memory he was able to access he was able to understand emotion which for the sigh right obviously with silence they aren't they aren't using emotion because that's been dampened so he's able to access emotion and all make everything becomes really crystal crystal clear while silence is reigning so for example in business especially with other side he's probably then able or when he's doing business with humans and, and changelings he's then able to understand the emotional sort of undertones of what's going on in a way that he wouldn't have without memory um there is a scene um memory ends up working with amara ashaya's you know cray cray twin and amara is able after touching after having the quote-unquote transfer with memory she's able to understand she's able to have a level of empathy that she had never had previously and it only lasts for three hours um but obvious memory is going to be working with amara continuously and it seems like it may what because the psi are so prone to madness have high levels of serial killers and just psychosis then it does make sense that the signet that the system would have something in place a sub designation that would help with that right of course once silence is implemented and emotion is obliterated then i guess the idea is like well we don't need that because emotion is what made us crazy and it's like was it emotion or was it the lack of emotion hmm hmm questions now the other thing that happens in this book um that becomes really clear up until this point right when we've read silver silence and ocean light we know that something else is going on in terms of the cyanide is still dying at a much slower rate but it's still dying and something is wrong and then a character who we had previously heard of pax marshall who is the head of his family group and is i believe the grandson of marshall hyde who was the council member that Caleb Karchak 
basically got rid of so that he could have a seat on the council, right? Then you're probably like, what? So Pax Marshall, head of the Marshall family group. Marshall family group was, you know, the same group that had a counselor, but that on the council, but that man, you know, was killed basically. And he died, died. And now we've got Pax Marshall leading the family group. So anyway, he's briefly mentioned um, because similar to how the Merkamp family group has never had any of their family members co-opted by the council, the Marshall family group hasn't either. And that is something to be like, hmm, other people get co-opted and da-da-da-da. Anyway, in this book, Marsh packs, and it his name isn't said at the beginning. We find out his name pretty much towards the end. He starts to realize that he's got this like massive power. And then there's mention of the Scare Project. And what the realization is that silence for some people, for some side, not all, allowed them to tap into an enormous amount of power. But they, it is not a power that they can um, use safely. It is unstable. And because this doesn't, these ma- this massive amount of power doesn't sort of show up in people in the population until silence when all the E's have been either murdered or completely, completely shut, you know, into locked into little cages in their minds so that they'd only get emotion. No one is able to understand that to be able to deal with such an immense amount of power, there needs to be some sort of emotional stability. So, Pax has this massive power, but his mind can't handle it. I don't even think it's that his mind can't handle it because the power that awakens within him immediately sees the honeycomb and the empath designation as something that it must destroy, which makes me wonder what it is about the supposed power that wishes to destroy the empaths right what is it and is it a power or is it just an opening of an a of a sort of a tapping into what could be psychosis in someone and watching that sort of like sort of exploding that outwards so what we will understand by the end of the book is that memory is able to help Pax manage that amount of power Pax went looking for help because he understood that without help he would just end up committing some sort of craziness which would lead to his death or having to kill himself. The other thing that I think is really interesting is that Pax is a twin and his twin sister, but because twins have an emotional bond and that is seen as a bad, as a no-no, because again, emotion bad, the idea they are, him and his twin are sort of separated um, by age seven because it's like before age seven, if you try to separate them because of the bond that twins have, they will just, you know, die. But by seven, they're well, they're old enough that they won't just immediately die due to the lack of that bond. Now, I had mentioned earlier, so Pax and his twin Theo, Theodore, I believe is their full name, ended up doing something. It's called Harmonize um, or Harmonies, Harmonize. And so, very quick, Pax, when he's in the fugue state from the crazy scarab power, the beetle power, ends up trying to attack the empath sort of training ground by using the arrows because he isn't actually able to attack the empaths directly, right? He tries, but it cannot grasp onto them. 
Um, so to then hurt them, he then obviously tries to get other side minds to do the work for him by trying to control them. And one of the arrows, Abbott, no, not Abbott, Abbott is, is injured, but Yuri ends up shooting himself. Wait, does Yuri shoot himself or does Abbott shoot Yuri? One of the two. And he's basically has severe brain um, damage. He is still there, but there's very, you know, everything is done to try and find out how to help him. And it, it looks like there's absolutely nothing that can be done. And Pax realizes that him and his sister can then do something or can at least try. So he reaches out to Aiden tells him he's responsible and it's really interesting because Aiden literally is like has this line basically been like he wanted to execute him right then and there for doing what he did to Yuri but Pax was like I am lucid right now I think I can help please let me try and he goes in with his he shows up with his sister and what ends up happening Pax is I think a nine point something on the gradient of whatever I don't remember and believe he's a telepath or telekinetic one or the other his sister Theo is like a two point something but what ends up what they end up seeing what they end up realizing is that when they work together she's able to take she's able to use his power to then do very 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 small work similar to Judd's TK where he's able to knit people back together and she's able to do this with the brain now I bring this up because in Blaze of Memory Devin Katya's book Keenan and Noor end up doing this for Katya because her brain is is you know literally imprisoned and is malfunctioning and is dying and when it was Keenan and Noor Noor says that Keenan is the truck and so he like guides her into where she needs to go she does what she needs to do and then they exit and again it's both of them putting their hands on the person and doing all of this work in the brain now Keenan and Noor aren't twins like they weren't you know they've got different parents because Noor is a member of the forgotten and Keenan as a Shia's son so what is really interesting is that we've now in the series seen this type of work done twice. One with blood-related twins and one with two people who have a very, very close emotional bond. Which then makes me think, when else will we see this? And will this be something that will be necessary farther down the line, right? Because I don't think that this is the only time we will see this. So I was just kind of like, whoa, about this. And it also made me think of what does this then mean with all these people who are going to have this violent power awaken? What does this mean for the Sinet? Because the Sinet is dying, right? The literal fabric of it is falling apart. And memory can oh and that's the other thing right memory is a kind of empath who can clean who can filter out the bad who can filter out the like the literal psychosis from certain people and so i was like of course i'm reading wolfrain having already read alpha night and so i've got like gazillion questions but even before we get to to that reading rereading this um i kept thinking to myself how does this then how do we then look at this because we by this point we know because we've read silver silence and we've read ocean light that the signet needs human energy and also we realize in this book that it needs changeling energy because both memory and sil- um, and silver are mated to changelings, yet they weren't pulled out of the Sinet into a new network, into 
the Changeling Network, which is what happened to Sasha. She was, um, well, she was dying and Lucas pulls her from that network. So what is going on? And maybe it's because of Sinet now with Silence having fallen knows, okay, I don't have to push these people into new networks to keep them safe. They can stay within this network. But I think it's also, we need the energy that they bring, not just their energy, but the energy of the people that they're connected to. Because what is starting to become clear is that psychic networks exist amongst probably all three races. The Psy obviously can go onto it and see it because they have mental powers. The changelings have never been able to do that, but with their blood bonds to their alpha, they are able to. And so I think part of the conversation is, or the question or whatever is, emotions are what create these networks that literally is the base of them which is why the cyanide is collapsing is dying is falling apart because it has been deprived of the full breadth of emotion i don't think that there was absolutely no emotion this entire time there's been emotion they've used different words for it right loyalty genetic family lines all of that and so there has been emotion on a very 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 small level but there hasn't been the breadth of emotion that you would have if you just lived a life of with emotion and so within oh really police y'all could just you know not like so sorry friends this is what happens when they just like like to be loud but what then this means is like okay how can human i guess psychic energy be introduced into the signet is that possible at this point what does this mean? How will this work? How many more empaths like memory are there? And why haven't we met them? Oh, something I completely like forgot because I, I delved into a, a whole different um, sort of part of the, the book. Me so memory was kidnapped by the psychopath at eight. He killed her mom and then he kept her in a bunker on Snowdancer land because his father who was working with scientists was like a construction laborer guy and he built the bunker well great awful um hot trash him and his papa and his whole family line and so and yet for someone who's been you know kidnapped since she was eight and i believe when we meet her she's 23 i think so i may be making that up she is pretty well adjusted and I do think that part of it has to do with the fact that she's an empath and that is something that she's been able to that has helped stabilize her because she also wouldn't have you know um for the side they don't graduate to full silence until they're like 16 I think between 16 and 18 is one that it's kind of like okay by this point you should be fully silent and being kidnapped at eight um she ends up being trained by the psychopath but like of course he isn't going to be training her to full silence or implementing um painful dissonance controls because it's also possible that he may have not known or cared um probably because he also thought well what do i need them for i can just like jack into her mind and do it myself um and so we've got this woman who has been locked away and has been able to see the outside world because of she does have access to a comm unit that lets her watch shows and when he need when she gets older well whenever he needs her um both to track down women to kill and also to do his business he when she's younger just has her you know in a car or whatever stationed somewhere close um when she gets older he has her out and about as his aide but we've got this woman who like this is her backstory then alexei is a wolf who's 
direct paternal line has gone broke. And by what, what I mean by that is his brother, his father, and his grandfather are all changelings who went rogue, who eventually lost themselves to their animal side and attacked their um attacked their own mates um and so when we meet alexei at this point his brother brody has gone broke killed his mate etta and has been executed by hawk because you cannot allow a rogue to continue to live because he will continue to attack um his pack mates and so alexei is determined not to ever have a mate because he refuses to go broke and kill his mate which i mean makes sense if i thought that if i made it with someone i would then potentially down the road go cray cray and kill them i'd be like you know what nah gonna be friends with benefits for the rest of my goddamn life that's it but uh uh-uh i mean i do this I i don't think so um and so memory coming out of the bunker i think her initial focus is on getting strong enough to destroy you know the crazy psychopath and hopefully live a decent life at the same time she's terrified because she's like i've helped the psychopath she doesn't believe she's an empath it takes a a while for her for them to sort of drill it in like no girl you're an empath like this is who you are so she's kind of like i just hope that i can get you know stop him from doing what he's doing and then i who knows what might happen and so we've got these two characters who then meet and fill sort of the the holes in each other in a way that I'm sure they might not have seen coming. And I like I'd mentioned earlier, I do really enjoy romances where both characters really truly don't think that a relationship is possible. Now memory comes around to the idea of a relationship with Alexei a lot faster than Alexei and again I think it's because as an empath as someone who emotion is literally the power she works with she's able to understand her emotions and understand what it is she wants from Alexei in a way that I think when emotion isn't your power is a lot harder and so we see all of this and i think this book also i mean i feel like a lot of the books touch on grief and what this means but this is grief in the sense because brody wasn't killed by an awful force right brody ends up having to be executed so Alexei is full of anger and rage and guilt and despair. And it makes sense, right? Your older brother, the person you looked up to, the last direct, like, you know, the person who you had left after your father and your mother were buried because your father went rogue. For him to also go rogue. For him to... Um, and it's clear that Brody and Alexei, when they were younger, made a promise. Um, I think originally the promise is like... I don't know if it's that they won't meet or that they, you know, will talk to each other if they think something's about to go wrong. And Alexei, in spite of all of that, still loses his brother. And so... This book, I think, touches on the grief that we can feel when the people who we love so much are gone. And they're gone because of their actions, but that doesn't negate the feeling of guilt and despair, right? Because, of course, losing someone to outside factors is different to losing someone when the essentially the reason that they're gone is because of decisions that they have made. Um, and so this reading Alexei throughout this book, we are shown that 
you can, you, we are all at the end of the day responsible for the choices that we make. And Brody made his choices. And Alexei loving him doesn't change. Not doesn't change. It's okay to love him in spite of what he did. It's hard because Alexia was uh, a Brody wasn't an awful person, right? It's all it's always so easy to hate and forget about the awful people when they die. But it's like, well, what do you do when it's people who you love, people who weren't necessarily bad people, maybe made bad decisions bad choices um didn't reach out for help and it isn't just a question of like well you never saw the signs and so you are also to blame it's a question of in life we are going to be put in the position where other people who we love are going to make choices that we're going to have a really hard time understanding or we won't necessarily understand. And it is okay to love them in spite of that. That the love that you feel for these people doesn't disappear or that you that you don't have to carry the guilt of loving them in spite of what they did for the rest of your life. Um, and I think that that is a really sort of interesting and poignant lesson because I, it is really easy to just read romance novels where the bad guys, you know, do bad things and die and the good people do good things and survive. And, but the complexity of human nature means that there are good people who make mistakes who make decisions that have horrible consequences. And we can love those people even when that happens. And so, because, I mean, I mean, I don't have anybody who I know who like made horrible choices and died, but I do know people who are close to me who have made decisions and choices that have been really, really difficult for me to sort of get past. That have been really... But it, I, I haven't stopped loving them. And it is okay to love them um, in spite of that. Now, it doesn't mean that you... Uh, it doesn't mean that you don't continue to hold them accountable. But you are not a bad person or a fool for caring, for choosing to love. Um, And it also just made me think of like, even if we take away the the fact that Brody is executed because he turns rogue, right? Losing a sibling is so, so hard. Um, And for oh okay upstairs neighbors um and so to survive to be alive it's easy to sort of ask yourself well why like why am i here like why wasn't like why did you take them instead of me um and so this also i feel like it touches on that because and maybe not so much just surviving your sibling, but like surviving a family member. Because in Memory's case, she's alive and her mother, you know, died. And there, it is easy to fall into this idea of like, well, why me? And I don't deserve this. And I, you should have taken me also or taken me instead. And we don't know the answers to the why. And we probably won't ever know the answers to the why. But we have to consciously make the decision to continue to live to live a full life 
And I don't want to say to live a full life in honor of those who we've lost. But more so to live a full life. Because that's what those who love us would have wanted. Um, and so, I mean, I always talk about how much I love her books. Y'all know this. You're probably like, yes, Esther, we know. Um, we get it. Um, the only other thing I wanted to bring up. So, this book, we, there's also a beautiful scene between Memory and Ashaya. So, after Memory has a her first sort of session with Amara, and Amara is able to communicate with her twin, Ashaya, um, with the empathy that she would have had if she was sort of you know a normal person and not you know essentially a psychopath ashaya feels desperately wants to do something for memory and um because memory has been kept in captivity also by a man her hair is a hot mess and so ashaya shows up with all of these products um and wanting to do memory's hair for her and this and it's just it's not like a crazy long scene but um i just thought it was really for black women our hair has so many many connotations right wearing your hair naturally can mean the difference between getting a job and not getting a job having a job and losing your job um being you know um i bre- i actually read an instagram post from someone who when they had their hair in like a regular weave when they worked in a retail job they got to work at the front of the store but when they had put their hair into senegalese swiss they were put in the back um and so hair for black women is very political um i cut my hair in shortly before moving to new york city i want to say february of 2010 so it's been about it's been 10 years of having my hair natural usually short and i definitely i've had multiple instances where people have assumed that my hair is short because it's a political statement the first few times i got that comment i was confused because truly i just cut my hair because i was tired of you know relaxing and all the work and maintenance because (laughs) sorry guys i'm lazy so having this scene where we have these two characters one who's like i'm here to sort of guide you right because not because oh your hair isn't um doesn't look right but because i want to share with you the tools and the things that you might need because you been in captivity since you were eight and you have had no one to show you that was just such an important scene and if if you're listening and you're a writer and you plan to write about scenes with black women um as care in you know characters that are black women our hair isn't just hair um i don't know if let me rephrase that our hair isn't just like we can't just like wake up and not necessarily not think about it um and to treat it like it's nothing i think does a disservice um i want to see more scenes of the sort of camaraderie and the feeling the community there we go the community around here because it is um whether you wear your hair naturally or you wear weave or your hair is locked or you wear braids twist up that whether you relax your hair you don't relax your hair hot comb it don't hot comb it there are so many things and every time i read romance where there are black 
characters and there is absolutely no mention of hair a part of me thinks so did you did you not do any research right i you know i can't if a character has like is black and has like long hair and they go swimming and they don't wear a swim cap there's no mention of any sort of maintenance i have questions have questions um and so yeah i just wanted to bring up i really 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 loved that scene and just it felt like ashaya being a, the bigger older sister um was sort of showing memory and i think it also struck a chord with me because i'm black but my parents are from latin america my mother's from colombia my father's from honduras and the way that hair works in their countries is different than how it works where i grew up which is toronto and living in new york um in colombia you can go to any hairstylist and they will know how to do all kinds of hair that is something that we realized in canada is not the case in toronto you can't just wow the people are out biking anyway you can't just go to any hairstylist in toronto and get your hair done um because there are people who've never learned how to do quote unquote black hair and and so as i grew up i learned not at home but from friends and from the community what weave was what box braids were what locks were what twists were how all of these different what wigs were how all of these different ways of doing your hair worked um and so I really, again, that scene, I think, really works for me because, yeah, we don't all grow up with that information in the home. And it's not like, oh, it's because you were kidnapped at eight. No, like maybe you grew up with your father or maybe you grew up with women who didn't know or came from communities where hair is treated in a certain way. Or maybe you have a mom who just really wasn't in her hair makeup and so she didn't know and that's okay but then that means that the you will eventually learn that knowledge from the community that you end up creating and so having that there i was like see and it doesn't it's not something that needs to be you know like in your face but having it just makes at least for me makes the romance that much more like ooh yes so so good um so yeah um wolverine is great alpha night comes out tuesday june 9th when you read alpha night i'm not going to the episode on alpha night is not going to be the following week i want to give everybody sort of the chance to read the book um if possible reread the book so the alpha night episode will be june 29th that's when i will that episode will be about alpha night and so when you read it, um, I want you to think of like empaths, the scarab beetle thing, this crazy wild fluctuating power, the gross ass consortium, which we don't see in this book because this book I feel really focuses on memory, on Alexei and what they are going through. And it, this book doesn't really delve into what is happening in the world around them which we saw more of in book you know in silver silence and in ocean light this book seemed very hyper focused on this couple and who they were and what all that meant but i think the reason why we sort of go right into them is because we really needed to understand memory who she is and what she does because that is going to be very key for the future like future books so listen guys um y'all are gonna want to read alpha night just saying i'm just saying all right so i'm gonna pause here and then i'm gonna come back i'm gonna talk a little bit about like you know books you should read because you know obviously i want you guys to read nalini Singh books but <laughs> there are so many more books ah! so i'll be right back 
okay so i just wanted to be like oh guys you should also read these books because you know just in case you were like i i need a book and i don't know which one to read next um so you're like so which one are you going to tell us about so in case you're like hmm i want to read about you know two people that start off on the really 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 wrong foot like wrong foot as in someone gets punched in the face while they're naked because someone else i mean she technically doesn't break into the apartment because like she has a key but you you know it's 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 not exactly what you know is things happen so yeah so if you want to read about two people who like the way they meet is just really kind of like what the fuck then I uh, think I might love you, which is book one in the Love Sisters series by Christina C. Jones. You're gonna cackle. I'm cackling. You're just you want to read this. I mean, like I said, when they meet, nakedness, punching, screaming. That's great. That's wonderful. Also, uh, just came out uh by Kennedy Bryan is Queen Move. And I read one of her series um, before. And so I was like, ooh, let me go read the sample. And then was like, bitch, just from the sample. So Queen Move by Kennedy Ryan um, is out now. And I, you should just, you know, you should just go and, and, and also get it. Um, if you want a romance that is you know very to me it felt like it was a lot more like i guess what they call women's fiction like a part of me was like when are they gonna what huh? there were moments where i was like i don't but that is also like set in new york and like feels like the, the real new york doesn't feel like you know it feels like it was written by someone who like grew up in new york which the author did as opposed to like when books are set in new york but you can clearly tell that this person like came here once or like watched youtube videos about it um real men knit by Quana jackson which just came out like two and a half three weeks ago it's a first book in a series so the first book is it's four brothers each brother's gonna get a book so the first brother is jesse strong and you know men hot dudes knitting in case you were like i i what does it what what um so that is another very good option and like it's a recent one coming up on june 23rd so like technically you can't read it right now but you could like pre-order it for when it comes out take a hint danny brown um by talia hibbert uh she you want you yeah just get the book just pre-order you're gonna it's gonna you're gonna want it um because she is so good and it is so funny um also um what else have i been reading i've also randomly been reading stephanie lawrence sinster series which i have read but it's been so long like i'm pretty sure i read those like in the early 2000s so it's been over a decade so as i'm rereading like there are times when i'm like i kind of vaguely remember this and other times i'm like this happened um so what book am i on a i'm on a rogue's proposal and then oh i also borrowed uh from the library and haven't started reading it yet but i'm probably will start reading it like tonight a chance at love by beverly jenkins because this like this looks very very good very very excited i mean i'm always a huge fan of anything and everything beverly jenkins so duh i'm trying to think of what else i i mean that's all i'm currently reading um am i reading anything else i like how i'm asking this out loud like y'all can answer like as if i'm you know obviously i no i am watching um crash landing on you on netflix which is very very good um it's my first k 
like K-drama. So I'm really, really enjoying it. I think that's it in terms of like what you guys should consider, you know, to read. If you have any other... I mean, I have other episodes where I've talked about other authors that I love. Um, so definitely check those out for, you know, to add to your list. But yeah, that's that's pretty much what I've got on the plate right now, I would say. And yes, I will talk to you guys next a week. Have a great one. Stay hydrated. Be kind to yourselves. Uh, try meditation. I mean, I'm I'm. I'm very bad at it, but I'm I'm trying. I'm like, you know what? Maybe this is something I can focus on right now so I can get better at it. Um, there's actually an app if you are looking for meditation that's actually, you know, guided towards black people. There's an app called Liberate, um, which is like specifically for black people. Also, if you are an American Express card holder, check your email because I got an email um as a perk of being a card holder they offered a year subscription to calm for free for the premium and i was like oh yeah free (laughs) yes for a year not like a trial period of seven days or a month a whole year so all i'm saying is you know like why not take advantage right why not take advantage and so yeah so check out liberate check out if you're an american express card holder to see if you got an email about getting calm the app for the premium version for free for a year um other than that i think yeah you know just just read romance and you know do your best to do your best to cause no harm to yourself and to others that's i mean that's really all we can do bro so you know let's let's do that and you know as now that we're in june and it's getting a little hot a little toasty a little moist because of all this motherfucking humidity definitely drinking of the water so that we can you know not die of dehydration because no bueno no bueno all right guys i will talk to y'all next week